This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Thank you for downloading the Whole Radio Weekly Podcast. This is a recording of a live show broadcast every Monday night from 8 o'clock. If you want your message to be included on the next show, you can email us during the week at radio at homesdale.net. Please note the phone lines are now closed. Hi, welcome along. My name is Chris Hambling. And... With me today are Aaron Mitchell, and of course, uh, I've had lots of comments sort of during the week about Aaron's mic quality, and there is a reason for this, and we'd like to play you a little song that'll explain everything. Under the sea, under the sea, darling, it's better down where it's wetter, take it from me. <laughs> Hi, Aaron, how are you? I'm not too bad. Good, 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 good. Also joining me today is Palace superstar John Burgess. Hello, John. Word. 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 It's Word this week, is it? Fair, fair enough. We haven't got a clip for you yet, so uh, let's move on. And also welcome back after his one-match suspension. It's Albert. Hi, Albert. All right. All good, thanks. Okay, moving swiftly on. You can contact us today, and obviously we'd be very grateful if you do. You can email us on radio at homesdale.net. You can give us a call during the late part of the show on 0208 That's the local rate, and we'll come out of your bundle. You can send us a short message on 81696. Start your message with TXT space Eagles. And obviously send us your comments on Twitter. Start your message with at whole radio. Um, and uh, we'll pick them up from there. Mikey will be popping into the whole chat room during the show, trying to pick up your comments from there if some of the noises stop. Um, the uh, Twitter for home, Whole Radio is twitter.com forward slash Whole Radio, and on Facebook you can visit Homesdale. It's facebook.com forward slash homesdale.online. A uh, topic of discussion for today later on is, is on the subject of attendances. Uh, we're very much looking to get some sort of idea from you guys. What it was it is that stopped you attending more games at Selhurst or attending games at all? So just sort of emails and, and texts on that and hopefully a, a few calls later on when we open up the discussion. The first thing we're going to do 
is move on to talk about the uh, the Cardiff match. It was a great win for us. Uh, we're going to open that with as we normally do with a quick montage, and uh, then we'll get right into the dis- discussion. Crystal Palace looking to extend their unbeaten home record to 11 games. It'll be tough against the Cardiff City side who still have their eyes on automatic promotion. Dave Jones' side have been a little up and down since Christmas. Dougie Friedman now in charge at Palace looking to try and mastermind them moving away from the foot of the table. Could give themselves a little bit of a safety cushion at the bottom with a win. You know, the lads are, uh, you know, they've done well. They've uh, stuck to a game plan throughout the game. Uh, you know, it's a great bunch of lads. They work hard every day. You, you, you know, they come in with a smile and they, they really go to work. And I told them to get their awards like that. Very heartfelt game. And I felt, you know, overall, with a desire and commitment, you know, we kind of edged it. So, yeah, they've got something to buzz about in there. It's born. Saved by the legs of Stephen Bywater. And a little bit of space at the back there, James Vaughan, who applauds uh, the ball in. Bywater came out feet first and made the save. Well, I th- to be honest, I've not seen the penalty, so I, don't, I can't comment on the penalty decision. You know, at the end of the day, it's a handball. If you see it's a handball, it's a penalty. You know, you get on with it. Uh, you know, we, we, in my opinion, I think in many, many other people's opinions outside this club and fans, we've got the best goalkeeper outside the Premiership. And... You know, it's a strange one because we get apparently against. I'm not looking, you know, that much down something, and this guy's got a chance of saving it. You know, he is the, he is a top top goalkeeper, and he proved that, and he proved that with a save. So, what I made of the penalty, I've not seen, and what what happened with the penalty is a fantastic save. You've got to take your hand hat off to Julian, top top goalkeeper. Was it a side or did it hit the pad? I'm not too sure. Was it a side? Did he didn't get a touch? Oh, I didn't. Oh, there you go. Well, he's not a top goalkeeper. The top groundsman. <laughs> Listen, in all honesty, I thought he got a touch, but you know, it's still. Yeah, well, I thought he did touch it, but other than that, you know, I think he is a top goalkeeper anyway. Off Dan's. Ambrose. Klein. Dickakoy. And the header from James Vaughan is just wide this time. He's enjoying his loan spell from Everton, James Vaughan. I thought it was a great game, the referee. In fact, then he said he was the goalkeeper was, you know, he was in front of the volley, something like that he said to me. So I think... So if you're off the pitch, if you're kind of momentum taking off the pitch, you're still active, is that not? Yeah, I, you know, I've not done my course in being a linesman, <laughs> but I think the, the explanation I've been given quickly from the linesman during the game was the goalkeeper was in front of Vaughan or something like that, so that's, that was the reason. Right or wrong, I don't know. Don't care. Hold on. Dance. Vaughan has pulled it horribly wide this time. James Vaughan, there's no flag. Yeah, no, listen, the, the lads, you know, it's just, there's nothing. Uh, when I played, you know, all I wanted to do is turn up on a Saturday afternoon knowing that I prepared myself as best as possible and I try and do that with the lads from Monday to Friday, prepare them as best as I can in a good shape. We work hard on it and we get our rewards for it. So it's down to the lads every day turning up. You know, putting in the hard work for each other. I think that's the answer that you're looking for. McNaughton, looking for Bothroyd in the centre. Just needed a little bit more pace on it, really. McPhail, nicely taken by Emmanuel Thomas. Curls one in. And not too far away from the opening goal, Jay Emmanuel Thomas. Touched over the bar for the corner. Touched onto the bar, in fact. Good strike. 
No, I don't. I don't have a point stroke at all. I just, you know, I try and approach every week. You know, we try to get the players better. I think that's my job. To, uh, you know, my job is to make them better players individually and therefore a better team. And I go about my work like that every day. I don't look, you know, what what might have been. I don't look too far ahead. I think if you win, lose, or draw in this game, you've got to be prepared to turn up on a Monday. Uh, win, lose, or draw, and get ready to go to work. And that's what I try and look for. McNaughton. Emmanuel Thomas. Lovely close control. And Jay Emmanuel Thomas, Whittingham. Right, only as far as Stephen McPhail. Good save by Spironi. Nice height for the goalkeeper just to help it on its way. Face of the shot meant it only needed a touch to send it over the bar. Well struck by McPhail. Really looking forward to this, you know. I've, uh, in all seasons I've got ideas that hopefully, you know, will, will come off. Uh, good challenge for them. You know, it's a game that QPR on paper should win, on form should win, and pretty much will win. But, you know, my lads don't go there and roll, roll over. You know, they fight, and if Neil Warren's team's going to beat us, then they're going to have to fight. They're going to have to beat us. They probably will, but hey, so what? You don't, you know, they won't, they won't, they won't turn up, they won't lie down as you've seen. Tingham's free kick, off the bar this time. Cardiff City having no luck in front of goal. Brilliant save from Spironi. Well, I think the referee's given a penalty here for handball. Well, the ball came in from Whittingham. First header from Nekul Kaidan hit the bar. Good save by Spironi, but a penalty for Peter Whittingham, who misses. Crystal Palace survive, and Peter Whittingham misses from the spot for the third time this season. Yeah, I think it was a mix-up of, uh, you know... From our lads trying to pick him up in the first half, which was which is difficult, but all good players find space and I think the second half he started drifting a little bit better. So, you know, listen, I don't care what Craig Bellamy plays, it's just uh, I think our defending made him play wide to the all honestly. Now Palace capitalised on that miss. In comes the free kick. Away by Bothroyd. In by Dans. Turned in by Vaughan. Backs up, it won't count. Vaughan's claiming he was onside. It's a player. Just off the field, but certainly brought an offside position when that ball came across. Yeah, you know what? I didn't really see because my first thoughts were, KG, what are you doing that far up there? Then my second thought, sorry, he's missed it. And then I thought, eh, I see it tumble in. I've not really seen it, so and it trickled over the line, I think. So, you know, I don't really know, to be honest with you. I, 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 all I do know, and I've been very honest and serious, I thought Pablo. Can I go and come on? He was, he was fantastic. You know, he's seen that pass. You know, he's seen at the back of his eyes what she's got. He's seen that. He's met that. So that's the most pleasing thing. You know, I've got substitutes. I've got a squad. I've got fans here that are pulling in, a, you know, one direction. And, and I think, you know, we've been trying to be very honest. That's what's getting us through. You know, it's not just that one guy. It's the, you know, the whole group of players sticking to plans, sticking to training, sticking to smiling every day. It's getting these, you know, very hard-fought victories. Dicker going in on goal. Great chance. Oh, he's back-heeled it in. Well, how much did he know about that? The unload Fulham youngster gets his first goal for Crystal Palace. And it could be the goal that sends them to three points. Eight minutes to go. Ball forward by Cunyago. Challenge came in from Quinn and it flicked off the back heel. 
Palace just need to get this one away from danger. The shot goes wide, and that should just about be that. We want to hear from you right now. Call us on 0208 123 1646 or drop us an email. Radio at homestale.net. Hi, welcome back. Uh, just to let you know that topic we were actually looking to hear from you on is what, what it is that stops you attending games or attending more games at Sellers Park. It'd be great to hear from some of you on that. And uh, we're just going to talk about the, uh, the Cardiff match in general. Um, Seems a while ago now, but it was a good 1-0 win for us. Slightly fortuitous goal. Um, I'm going to talk first probably about the notable performers on the day. I thought uh, I thought James Vaughan did, did very well while he was on the pitch. Um, Klein was solid at right back. Centre-back partnership at home again looked very, very solid. And obviously coming off the bench, I thought Pablo Cunhago made a made a big impact just with a just with a few clever passes. And uh, but really, my my man of the match was. Um, which we'll go into later on, I think. For me, for me I thought Dean Moxie uh, had an absolutely superb game, and I think his enthusiasm is, is infectious for the rest of the team. And I'd say, if you just look at him at the end of the game, where he's the last one off the pitch, he, he you know walks all the way over to, to sort of blocks A and B, the Holmesdale clapping the fans, and he's just he was just a you know he seems to be a huge personality. And a very strong player at left back, and certainly a, a very welcome addition and a, a brilliant signing by Dougie. And uh, I think you want to talk a little bit about the tactics, John. So I hand over to you. Yeah, I think I was a bit surprised to be honest. We played two up front, which I thought maybe we wouldn't at home against such a quality opposition, but but we did, and it seemed to work. Everson uh, worked tirelessly up front, as did James Vaughan. For me, he was fantastic on the day, and really we just shut them down. We just defended really well, and but we weren't led back in sort of dropping too deep, which which meant they didn't get anything going forward. I mean, we cut down their their, their decent players in like Chopra. Uh, Jay Boffroyd had nothing on the day. He was yeah. just outmarked. Out he was fantastic. Uh, really, Dougie got the tactics spot on. I mean, we didn't really have, other than the penalty, like they didn't really have any chances to be honest. I mean, they, yeah. obviously they did, but they're all from range, and you can't ask for more than you, from your defence than that. Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we all agree on that one. Um, okay then, John. Um, Substitution-wise, Dougie's had a bit of criticism of late with his substitutions. How do you think they went down in terms of timing and the selection of players who brought on? Well, I think at the time that he made the substitution, I think he brought on uh, Scano and Cunhago. Um We really did need something else up front. Um, I think the, the two lads up there worked work their socks off, to be honest. And, you know, that they were clearly knackered from the occasion. So um, it, it was the right time. I mean, obviously, I'm the first one to criticise Pablo Cunhago coming off the bench. <laughs> But, he, you know, he put a couple of decent passes together, and to be honest, that's the best I've seen him play for us. I mean, if he did that week in, week out, then, you know, he would justify a place in the starting lineup. But, you know, I, you know, it's just it's not enough, but on this occasion, it got us three points, so fair play to him for answering critics like me. Um, finally, we brought on Claude Davis to the game, and he was impressive again. You know, he just he, def- he defends for his life, doesn't he? Really, yeah. he he just loves getting in, you know, in a rough and tumble of a defensive situation, and that's what we were going to be facing with with the five ten minutes to go. And yeah. you know, he saw he saw the game out. He was fantastic. Okay, thanks, John. Uh, the noise you can all hear is uh, is our I say former presenter now because we haven't seen him for so long. It's Furhead on the line. Hi, Furhead. How are you? 
Hi, uh, Chris. How's it going, mate? All good. You want a bus? Uh, yeah, no. Ooh, just nearly got run over by a bus. Um, yeah, just finished work, so listening to the show through my phone. So uh, enjoyed it very much being on the other end. Yeah, I bet. It's no work for you on a Sunday. Um, what, what are you calling about? What are you calling about, mate? What can we talk to you about? Uh, no, yeah, just uh, been listening to uh, what you guys have been discussing about notable performers, and mm. yeah, it's just a uh, key game and a key victory for us. I just want to quickly ask the guys. Um, I-, I seem to notice that uh, teams are attacking us down our left hand side. You know, we saw that against Cardiff to an extent, and we also saw that against QPR, which I, I know you guys were discussing a bit as well. Um, That's right. What can we do to uh, to address this problem. Well, um, well, I'll go first on that, and then I'll hand over to anyone else who's got any comments. Because obviously, you, you and myself watched the QPR game, and, and we saw very much what you were saying that uh, that teams have a tendency to overload on one of one of the flanks. And I think it's something that um, I mean, almost for as long as I've been watching Palace, I've always thought the times where we've had proper wingers, we've we've been at our best, and the times where we've played. Uh, sort of central midfielders out wide is where we've always struggled defensively, uh, sort of in the fullback positions. Having someone like Klein and, and now Moxie in there, sort of, well, it covers some of that um, because they're such good players. But I think that there's there's a tendency to to allow ourselves to get overrun on those flanks. Um, I don't know if, if anyone else has got a comment, perhaps. Yeah, I think to be honest, um, if you if you look at our back four. We've got two holding midfielders sitting in front of them, so they're not really going to get much down the middle out of us. And then you've got to take your pick, don't you, whether it's Klein or Moxie. And as I think I said last week, Klein's been outstanding this season. He's been phenomenal. Um, And his positional sense is brilliant. His tackling's fantastic. So really, the weakest out of the two is Moxie, which isn't... I mean, if your weakest defender is is Moxie, then that's not that's a problem you don't mind having, because he's he's solid. And that's why teams aren't getting any change out of us. Although I do think, though, whatever side that Ambrose is playing on, they will tend to go towards that side. So I think maybe playing Dan's on the left, if if he's playing on a wing, then um, he offers a bit more defensively than maybe Darren Ambrose. Okay, John. Is uh, is Craig Harrison still available? Craig <laughs> <laughs> oh, Harrison. There we go. Those were the days, weren't they? It's just such a shame to come to injury. Ah, he seemed a nice enough bloke. But um, okay, Ferd. Listen, I think you're where you are. It's very windy, and as you're getting busier, so um, yeah. So we're gonna All let right, you then. go, mate. Really appreciate okay, your call. Thanks a lot. How about popping on and presenting at some point? <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the show. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Mate, thanks a lot. <laughs> okay, that's great. Thanks to Ferd for that call. That's, uh, that's much appreciated. And uh, where we were, I think Albert was just going to say something. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Chris, who you thought Cardiff's best players were. I think uh, I think John made a very good point earlier on um, about how well we nullified Cardiff. And, um, you know, the kind of players I expected to play well and to see most of were, you know, your Bellamy's, your Chopra, your Boffroy, and, and absolutely we didn't see a great deal from them. But, um, I, I was still impressed with Peter Whitting, putting him in the midfield for Cardiff. Um, obviously he was the championship's top scorer last season, um, not so prolific this season and obviously, a uh, bit of a bottle job on the penalty, luckily, but, um, I thought he did well and I thought our ex, our ex skipper Hudson actually had a reasonable game for, by his, by his standards and, you know, 
did hoof a few times, but that's his style. So, I mean, really, there's there's not a great deal to say too much about, about how Cardiff did, because we did such a good job on them, I'd say. Um, I suppose it's, it's sort of, uh, just talking generally about the atmosphere of that game as well, um, it was a, it was a fairly normal, a fairly sort of, I wouldn't say quiet, but it was a fairly normal atmosphere, but I thought the last sort of 15 to 20 minutes, uh, in the middle of that period as well, when we scored, I thought was, it's some of the best atmosphere I've had, uh, at Selhurst in the lower Homesdale. I, I can't speak for the rest of the, uh, rest of the stadium, but it was absolutely rocking, and it was, yeah, I mean, it was a memorable match. I, I, I you know, I was smiling the whole way home. I, I really was. It was a, it was a great day out. Sorry, John, it's, uh, man of the match time for you. Man of the match, okay, I might, I might be, uh, I might be wrong on this, but I think for me it was James Vaughan. I just, I just love his work rate. His attitude is fantastic. I mean, he just chases down absolutely everything and he literally ran himself to the floor. I think he was about knee deep in the Sellers Park pitch by the time he came off there. <laughs> but he, he was just, he was just fantastic. But I mean, to a man though, in fairness, we, we were brilliant that night. I thought that's one of the best matches we've played against what is really a very good opposition. Yeah, agree with that, definitely. So it was a good night overall, John? Yeah, it certainly was. I mean, I can't have any complaints. It was, um, anyone who's paid a ticket, uh, paid for a ticket to that match has got the, the full montage of what playing quality football is about. I mean, my personal highlight was nicely waving the Cardiff fans <laughs> off when they drove past us at the bus stop. That was, that was a particular highlight. They, they were steaming. They were absolutely furious, but, so would I be if I'd just travelled all that way and had a long way home, which I was yeah, well, on the on previous sh- Saturday. Well, they on <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, they've, no, they've actually upgraded to coaches now. I mean, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a step up in the world for them, but you know, I don't know. I know no, Cardiff, Cardiff's all right. Cardiff's all right. Expenders. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Listen, that's that's great, and obviously we're all in good spirits after that win. It was an unexpected win. I think if we're all honest, and um, I suppose given given that perspective, we'll uh, we'll go on to talk about the the QPR match on Saturday. Uh, obviously, myself and uh, and John went to that one, um, and Aaron and Albert were were unavailable. Um, but but we've got to start with the uh, with a quick montage of the key moments, and then we'll go straight into the discussion about the match. <laughs> It's a second successive game for Queen's Park Rangers against London opposition. They were beaten by Millwall on Tuesday. Their first defeat in 12 games. But Neil Warnick's side have been in the automatic promotion places all season long and top of the table since November the 20th. And this haven't managed to claw themselves above 21st since late September. Desperately in need of points that will keep them in the championship. Neil Warnick knows his cider edging ever closer to the Premier League's promised land. Derry. To Rabt. Good ball in! A header completely missed by Heider Helgerson. No, not at all, you know. Unfortunately, Paddy gave the referee an opportunity to get a penalty and to get sent off. So, in that case, you know, uh, no complaints at all. Good defending by Palace. Derry's header. Just trying to keep the pressure on here. Tarant, right across goal. And bundled over the line by Heider Helgerson. 20 minutes gone, Rangers finally take the lead. And it's that man again who's turned provider. Adele Tarant, 
standout player this season for Queen's Park Rangers. Drove in the cross shot. Helgerson touched it over the line. Which is a big turning point. You know when you get a man sent off and a penalty given, it's going to turn a game, especially a very close game like this. I thought we were going to go down to the wire in the 90 minutes. So when that happens, this change both managers' mentality to uh, towards the game. Might go all the way on his own here at Delta Rabs. Good save, Speroni again. Well played by Neil Dance. Allowed to run by Vaughan. Here's Ambrose. Back to James Vaughan who continued his run. At Crystal Palace a level. Eighth goal of the season for James Vaughan. On loan from Everton. Dance was involved in the build-up. It was a clever dummy from Vaughan. Ambrose spotted the run. Onside when the ball was played. And Paddy Kenny's beaten. Well, you know, I felt the equaliser, you know, it was... It was Definitely because we had to sort of defend for lives uh, in, the, in the first 40 minutes, but then I felt you know once we'd got that opportunity, you know it gave us a little a boost, and we felt that you know maybe we could go on in the second half. Penalty and sending off came at the wrong time for us. We could play 40 minutes with 10 men against a team that at the top of the league and good players of the team that can keep the ball very well so it must be difficult for us to uh, come back from that just know they're in a game now Palace you know Warnock's former club of course scrapping for their points down at the foot of the table crossed in towards Routledge in the centre who couldn't apply the finishing touch good defending again by Palace Hiding out for a corner Needed a 93rd minute Heider Helgerson goal to give Rangers a win at Selhurst Park earlier in the season. To wrapped on the chase again. Brought down, was he? Yes, he was. Palace furious. It's Paddy McCarthy that's been penalised. And it's a red card for the Palace defender. To wrapped and McCarthy tussling away. And he didn't quite touch the ball. The penalty for Heider Helgerson to make it 2-1. Rolled in as cool as you like. Helgerson, who got that late goal at Selhurst Park to give Rangers a 2-1 win, has now put them 2-1 up here at Loftus Road. How possible you guys in that country have been away every week? We've been playing that for four or five weeks. You know, we don't give in. Uh, and that's the, that, that, that's the comforting thing for myself. You know, very, very close games. We're coming to Queen's Park Rangers and I felt... You know, give them a run for their money, sending off to change the game. What do we do? Do we, do we complain about it? My players don't do that. We dust ourselves down the door again. We showed that the second half. We kept the game as close as we could, for as long as we could. And then we tried to sort of, sort of fight and try and get something. But we were a good team. We are top of the league. We were playing with players. We keep the ball very well. That doesn't look close to me. But I get to say we don't. So there's no complaints from our dressing. You know, we go again. Throughout. Great ball into the penalty area. The service to the forward players really has been excellent. Casper's Gorks not too far away from that one in from Tarabt. There goes the full-time whistle. It's another win for Queen's Park Rangers. Who could well stretch their lead at the top of the championship table. they beat Crystal Palace by two goals to one. Well, you know, emotionally, emotionally sort of takes sort of control at that stage. I feel that, uh, you know, most of the Palace fans have seen it on the video that maybe they've kept their bottles up here and 
I come into the front. <laughs> so, uh, it's not, it's not the way it works, but fans uh, get emotional. That's what happens, and we play, we play an emotional game of football. It's good. I don't want to see any balls of fat, uh, balls of hate from the pitch, but just looking a little bit of passion there again. Bringing you up to date with everything around Selhurst Park every Monday night. This is Homesdale Radio. Welcome back to Homesdale Radio, people. Um, so obviously we've just uh, spoken about the Cardiff match, and now we uh, obviously all went up to QPR up to Loftus Road in high spirits after a great performance uh, against Cardiff. And um, well, it was a match certainly of, of much note. So uh, Chris, who were the notable performances on the day? Well, I think uh, think on our side, uh, certainly James Thorne once again. Um, uh, it's, it's obviously it was a match, very much of two halves, but uh, certainly James Thorne I thought was excellent. Uh, Dean Moxley once more. Well, Klein was perhaps a little quieter than normal. Um, I thought the centre backs did okay until one of them got removed from the uh, from the playing arena. Um, I thought KG had a, had a very good game in the middle, probably the best I've seen him play as well. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly been uh, spoken about a lot that he's played a lot of games recently, um, mm. and maybe he was starting to tire a little bit. But yeah, as you say, he, he clearly did well on the night. But what did you think of the tactics that were employed by Dougie? Were they, were they as effective as you hoped? Well, I, I have to say I was a bit surprised. I know people have been putting sort of uh, sort of pressure, perhaps on the message, message boards and, and things like that, about about him playing four five one away from home. But if any game was crying out for it, for me, it was it was that one. But I was I was pleasantly proved nicely wrong because I thought we looked excellent. Uh, having said that, I mean the first half hour we we did struggle with them because uh, they were very direct. They were a very pacey team, um, and you know, and we were very much on the back foot. But once we got a grip on the game, uh, and you know, got started getting our foot in in midfield and started putting some pressure on them, the system actually worked really well. And I, I thought we got support to Vaughan very very well. Particularly from Ambrose, he was he was very good, and and again KG, I suppose he he was getting forward uh, quite regularly as well. Dan's doing the same, but from a slightly wider position, and we, and we looked quite a good quite a good compact side when when we got involved like that. And I think Dougie credit to him for for doing that. Okay, and um, how did the sort of tactics link in with the substitutions? I mean, obviously we had to make changes. So how did how yeah. did that react? Yeah, I think I mean obviously the first substitution was to was to to get uh, Everson off and Davis on. Um, it was a necessity, and you know, and obviously Claude Claude did his job very very well. And if anything, Everson had had sort of gone down injured sort of once or twice, and was was looking out of. Out of sorts, anyway. So I'm, I'd say I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with that, really. I think, I think Dougie did well, and then, and then taking Vaughan off when he did, he was on a yellow card. It was probably the right decision, and, and I'd say Jermaine Easter did look very, very dangerous. Uh, the only substitution I would slightly criticise is, um, is, is Will Zaha because I felt, I didn't feel it was the right choice. I think Zaha's a fantastic player, um, and. If we'd had 11 men on the pitch, he'd have been a great, great guy to bring on. But I, I felt it would have been the time to, to give uh, uh, Kemi Augustine a go. Because um, I think, I mean, you know, there was nothing to lose at that point, And I would have liked to have seen a bit of him. And I think that would have given us more of a foothold to, to sort of hold on to the ball with 10 men. 
Yeah, so I mean, certainly listening, I mean, I, I couldn't make it there myself, but it, to me, it sounded like we needed, we, I mean, I agreed with Zaha coming on, but mm. not being there, it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, it sounded like we just needed someone a bit pacey, someone who could really counter-attack quite well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, the thinking the thinking was right, and it's exactly what you say. We, we were sort of bereft of pace, and, and again, it was a case of, because you've got ten men on the pitch, you need someone back defending who can then sprint the length of the pitch and support the attack, and Wilf is that man. In fact, he did, he did the opposite quite towards the end of the game, which was incredibly impressive. He, he ran from sort of sort of top right of the pitch to the sort of back left of the pitch, just, you know, as QPR broke, and, uh, and, and, you know, got some pressure in it to stop them perhaps getting a, an additional goal. So he did, he did a good job. But I think in terms of the way that the game was going, me, I, I would have brought another body on in the midfield to sort of, to give us a bit more of a grip on possession and, and maybe carve out one more key chance. Okay, so um, obviously we've had a look um, at our players. Who really stood out for QPR? I mean, obviously they're a great team, top of the league. You know, they, they're, they're flying at the moment. But who was probably their standout players? I think, I think you've got to say uh, Adele Trapped. Um, he... He's an arrogant player. He's infuriating to watch, um, but he's he's fantastic. He's far too good for that league, um, and he did stand out for them because he is always an outlet for them. We dealt with him extremely well, and particularly when he drifted wide, both fullbacks did did quite well in coping with him. But uh, Routledge was quite dangerous for them, certainly in the first half. Um, I suppose I think probably Fitzhall uh, did did very well at the centre back. Um, Sean Derry did what Derry does. Um, you know, we miss him terribly to play like that. And uh, I thought Clint Hill was good at left-back as well. Um, saw a lot of him in the, in the second half, doing perhaps more defending than he thought he might. And uh, I thought he, he had a strong game as well. I'm getting confused here. You just named all Palace players, or ex-Palace <laughs> players. That's, that's um, right. That's how what, what, sort of, um, <laughs> what sort of reception did Routledge get? Uh, Routledge was booed. Um... Hill was booed, Derry was booed, basically every, everyone was booed. Has so, Routledge uh, grown into his oversized head yet? <laughs> no, he still looks like, uh, I don't even know what they were called anymore. Is it the Weebles? A reverse Weeble, perhaps. But yeah, he's, he's definitely struggling. The reverse Weeble, I like it. Um, <laughs> so, out of all those quality players on show who were the, the man of the match, which I assume might come from QPR, and mm. but who was Palace's standout, one standout player of the day? Uh, Palace's man of the match I'll give to Moxie again. He's, he's becoming something of a favourite for me. He's just, just one of those players. Yeah, I'm not going to have to stop talking about him and people will talk. But I just think he's just got the exact attitude we need. That's all I can really... Really say, obviously, we, you know, we haven't got a huge amount of time, so I'll just say, yeah, Moxie was great for us, and it's all about attitude and desire to win. Okay, and um, finally, obviously, we don't want to dwell on the the, the bottle throwing and the lighter throwing too much, but as as a day, as a match day experience, how was it? Because I mean, obviously, we took a load of fans up there. We did, yeah. Listen, it was a brilliant, brilliant day out. I uh, I met an awful lot of people from from Homestale uh, in O'Neill's, and just like to say hello to all of those. Really enjoyed your company on the day, um, and listen, it's, everyone who's been to a Palace away game knows how good our fans are, and one little incident shouldn't be allowed to spoil that as, as much as it was unacceptable, so we'll leave that particular subject there, and, and I'll say it was a great day out. Shame about the result, but it didn't spoil the week for me, um, and if you think, if you had taken a point off of Cardiff and a point off of QPR, we're a point ahead of that, so we did well.
That's exactly that's exactly it. I mean, if someone had said to me at the start of last week, you know, you're going to take three points from these two games, I'd have literally bitten their arm off. So, mm. I mean, that's fantastic. Okay, we're going to go into some music now. We're going to have the police with message in a bottle, ironically. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, welcome back to Homesdale Radio. Uh, don't forget, you can contact us directly on uh, by email on radio at homesdale.net. Uh, text us on 81696. Start your message with TXT Eagles and make sure it's a short message. Uh, phone numbers 0208 123 And you can send us your comments on Twitter, including at whole radio in your message. And Mikey's still trying to pop into the whole chat room during the show and pick things up from there. Okay, we're lucky enough to have Cadell Daniel on the line. He's an academy defender. And I'm just going to... Sorry, I'd better say hello, Cadell. How are you, mate? I'm all right, mate. How are you? I'm not too bad, apart from messing that up there. But <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> anyway, listen, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, what's your, what's your age, what position you play, and uh, you know, what's your best position, basically? Yeah, I'm, I'm 16... And then I play left back for Crystal Palace youth team. And uh, right. you, um, I, I read somewhere that you might have trained with the first team today. Is that right? Oh uh, yeah, I got um, called to train with the first team today a month with yeah. two lads from the youth team as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, how did that go? Yeah, it went well. Um, intensity is really high up there, but I think I done well. Spoke to the manager after and said I've done well. Excellent. Well, congratulations on that one, mate. Okay, Aaron, your question next. Yes, it is indeed. Um, okay, then, Cadell, we all have our footballing heroes, but who is yours? My footballing hero? Oh, I grew up... I, I grew up liking the Dan. Yes. It's not yeah. really position-related, but I grew up liking the Dan. Oh, um, yeah. But, yeah, that modern one, Ashley Cole, not off the pitch, but what he does on the pitch. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wise. <laughs> okay, mate. Uh, Albert, yeah. short question, mate. Cadell, obviously, you know, you're a staunch Palace fan now, um, but <laughs> did you support anybody else as a, as a young kid when you were growing up? Or? Um, yeah, I actually supported Liverpool. I still do have a... I still, do you support Liverpool as well as Palace? Yeah. You have supported Liverpool growing up. Yeah, noticed that on Twitter. There's a bit of banter between you and Quade Taylor, I think, wasn't there? Yeah, he's a man you fan, and obviously, when we yeah. beat them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When we beat so, them. 
That was nice to see. <laughs> okay, so, Cadell, you uh, you recently played your first game for reserves. Um, how was that? Yeah. I think I think you set up one goal, which was described as uh, messy esque. I think. Um, so how how was that experience? <laughs> yeah, that was good because um, obviously um, I've been speaking to Dean Austin a lot, but I haven't been able to get my chance because Matty Parsons has been there. Yeah. But as he's gone on loan, I've been given my chance to go up there and show what I've got. And I played my first 90 minutes against Charlton and I've done well. Just the first goal, solid performance. Yeah. Well, it's always good mm. to help us beat Charlton. Make yourself a favourite already. <laughs> okay, yeah. um, so, I mean, obviously you're only, you're only 16, but you're, you're already in the reserves. You've been training with the first team. How long are you giving yeah. yourself before you're pushing for a first team place? Oh, uh, <laughs> Um, it's a hard question, but as soon as possible, I'm just every day, day by day, basically. Every day, I try and do as much as I can to show them that I'm ready. And yes, it's not a thing where I'm setting an exact deadline no. of yeah, I want to do it by this year. It's just when it comes as soon as possible, basically. Yeah, um, obviously there's probably a lot of competition in that place. We've brought Moxie in, you've got Lee Hills coming back from injury, and like you say, Matthew yeah. Parsons as well. So, But, you know, there's yeah. no reason you can't push past them either, is there? So, um, OK, yeah, Albert, exactly. your, your question next. Yeah, um, Cadell, Graham Taylor, the uh, the legend that he is, uh, talked yeah. up Palace's Academy this week. You know, he, he really sort of raved about it. Do you think it's um, yeah. better for a young player like yourself to develop at a smaller club like Palace as opposed to, you know, a bigger Premier League club like Chelsea who, you know, snap up hundreds of youngsters and let them go without even really giving them a chance? To be fair, yeah, I think Palace is one of the best clubs for youngsters, to be fair, because got a lot of local lads. And the chances of a youngster coming through the ranks at Palace is much higher than, say, the likes of Chelsea, etc., that go abroad and buy players. Uh, we recently played Liverpool in the Youth Cup, and our man, Gary, told, Gary Izzet, told us that, basically, Liverpool team cost them two million to assemble, whereas yeah. our team, obviously, Craig's there now, but before Craig was there, just no players been yeah. bought. All local lads. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. So, so Cadell, what's the, what's the best and and the worst things about being a a pro footballer now? Okay, the 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 worst thing is like um, just the jobs around jobs around the training ground. Yeah. Even though it's the worst, it's not. You don't really mind doing it at times. The winter during the winter, those are the times when you <laughs> thought, oh, you don't want to do it. But now the sun's coming out. So I had the jobs like moving. I I do the team goals, so every morning I got to go to Dean Austin and ask him what goals does he want, etc. Yeah. So that's alright. But then the best thing is just training with good players. Like today, training with the first team, I've got to train it. Train with Sean Scannell, Claude Davis, like all of the good first team players, and yeah, just a good environment coming in every day. Yeah, I love that it. Really. Brilliant. Must be brilliant, mate. Mm-hmm. You know, bro, you're lucky. We all wish we could do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> too, uh, far too fat. Anyway, um, <laughs> got the uh, quick, quick fire questions for you now, mate. The same we ask everyone else. Um, I'm going to start you off. Who's your best mate at Palace? Who's my favourite player at Palace? No, your best mate. Who do you hang around with? Oh, most? my best mate. Um, my best mate. 
probably Aaron Akurka. He's a right oh, yeah. back out. Yeah. Jay Caprice. Well, we're quite close at Palace, so yeah. Yeah. Everyone is. Yeah. And who is your favourite first team pro? My favourite first team pro. Have I got one? I don't think I have one. I don't have one. <laughs> I don't Fair enough. I don't have one. Because they're all as good as each other, right? That's it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and who's who's the worst dresser? Who's really picked out some some lovely ensembles to wear? <laughs> Charlie Mann. <laughs> Charlie Mann, you seen goalkeeper, definitely. <laughs> he was very quiet about that when he was on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, we've heard a lot of the players have bad taste in music. Um, who does have the worst taste in music? The worst taste in music, um, probably, um, probably Ross Fitzsimmons. That's the uh, Academy it? Goldfinger, isn't it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good stuff. And, uh, who's the village idiot? Pardon? Who's the village idiot? At the Academy. Village idiot. Yeah. Um, Bart Boller. <laughs> he's a, he's a bad. He's got a couple of mentions, I have to say. I think Nathan Davies <laughs> took the brunt of it. So oh, far. yeah, yeah. So Nathan Davies a bit slow as well. <laughs> <laughs> he will have to defend himself at some point. And, uh, finally, Cadell, who's, who's the biggest joker? Who really brings their A game when it comes to winding up the rest of you? The biggest joker's got to be, um, I'd say, Ryan Innes. Ah. Ryan in it, yeah. He, he's, he's quite funny, and then you've got Reese Morel Williams, and he's, he's funny as well. Okay. Awesome, mate. Well, yeah. I think we've got, I think we've got Ryan on next week, all going well, so we'll, uh, we'll ask him about that. Okay, listen, mate, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. Really appreciate your time today. It's been, been very interesting, and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, best of luck, really, getting, getting yourself further up and, Hopefully getting at least a few more reserve games under your belt, maybe before the end of yeah. the season. Yeah, All right, well, Take it easy, man. Thanks very much for your time, and uh, hopefully we'll speak to you again. Cheers now. Right, Cheers, Bye, mate. Yeah. Right, bye. Welcome to Palace News in Britain. Palace forward Calvin Andrew has joined former Palace boss Paul Hart of Swindon Town on loan to the end of the season. Andrew has made 15 appearances for the Eagles this season. Calvin played 90 minutes in Swindon's 1-1 draw as Paul Hart chases his first win since taking charge. Over to you, Aaron. Thank you, Chris. Joining Andrew at Swindon says young Matilda Alton Endoy. Endoy has joined until the April the 20th after spending the morning training with a new teammate. Endai has struggled to stay in the first team set up at Palace this season and will be hoping to impress Alvon Lowe. Over to you, Albert. Thank you, Aaron. Crystal Palace have signed King Augustine on loan from Swansea until the end of the season. A former Dutch under-21 international, midfielder Augustine joined the Swans in October 2010, having previously played for Birmingham and AZ, and was on the bench for Saturday's trip to Loftus Road. Kimi said, I'm delighted. I came in to play the games. The gaffer wants me, and that's the most positive thing for me. I just want to play and help the team to stay in the league. Over to you, John. 
Thank you, Albert. The Crystal Palace Football Club have announced the new school's partnership program. The program incorporates three branches of the football club and aims to help schools encourage learning through sport by engaging the Crystal Palace. The SPP will support participating schools in enriching the lives of their students by raising the standard of sport among pupils embracing all areas of the club, including Palace's study centre, the academy, the club itself, and the community foundation at the heart of the project. And over to you, Christopher. Thanks very much, John. Adam Barrett has joined Leighton Orient on loan for a month with a view to an extension to this period at the end of the 28 days. He played the full 90 minutes and helped Leighton Orient to a clean sheet in their 1-0 win against Oldham. The central defender has made nine appearances for Palace so far this season, but will be glad of the chance to get some games. That was Palace News in Brief. We want to hear from you right now. Call us on 0208 123 1646 or drop us an email. Radio at homestale.net. Hi and welcome back to Homestale Radio. Just uh, noticed a tweet from Ryan Innes. I'd just like to give him a shout out. Thanks for listening, mate. Hopefully we'll speak to you next week. Okay, we're going to preview the Derby game nice and quick for you. And, uh, well, the first thing I'm going to do is, is go over to Aaron and, and get him to talk about form for us. Can do. Okay, uh, form-wise for Derby, their recent form, they've five past games, they've won, lost, drawn, lost, won. Uh, their current away form this season, they've won five games, drawn five and lost nine. You know, only just a bit, <laughs> just a bit better than us, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, away, away from home, they've scored 17 goals, which is burn about average. And the previous game between Palace and County, not very proud to say this, but it was... 5-0, unfortunately, but I believe that home it yeah. will be different. Okay, thanks a lot for that, Aaron. Sorry, I became distracted there. John, you're going to talk about the players to watch. I say you're going to talk about the players to watch. You're going to say something anyway, aren't you? I am going to say something, and it's not players to watch. Unfortunately, all of their best players have now long since departed. No, I mean, to be <laughs> honest, their, their best player was Chris Commons, but by an absolute mile and he's, he's gone now I think he bagged 13 goals for him or so in this season and mm. he was their main strike through it I think um, the only their top scorer now is Bueno who's got four goals so mm. um, you know I think they're, they're not the prospect that we, we may have faced earlier in the season to be honest and I think to a man we should, we should be better yeah. I mean, it'd be, it'd be nice to do one over old Robbie Savage's boys anyway Absolutely Well, you meant, actually you mentioned Alberto Bueno and he was pretty much the thorn on our side in, in the first game although we did obviously spend most of that game with 10 men I mean I'd say a little bit about Derby before I hand over to Albert and his fact he's promised us I'm looking forward to it it better be good but um, I mean obviously Derby are in free fall um, they managed to pick up a win against the team that seemed to be helping us the most at the moment Swansea can really rely on them to just completely fall apart when we need them. But listen, you know, Derby have been in free fall. Beating them brings them right back into it. And obviously Coventry are down there as well. So it's a game we've got to look to win. And obviously I hope to see many more uh, Palace fans at that, that home game. And uh, we're just going to go straight on to our, to our open discussion, really. And uh, I'll take a pick up the first email. Uh, it was... Well, I seem to have lost it. That's good work. It was from Paul from Morden. It just says, uh, hey guys, well, what do you think? Do we stay up? If James Vaughan has anything to do with it, we will. On his return, he's been, apart from Spironi, our best player. Great work rate. Will we keep hold of Spironi? I think not. Also, Dan's go, will Dan's go as well as Klein? Uh, a lot of questions in there mainly about keeping players. I mean, firstly, the observation about Vaughan 
he has been brilliant on his return and he will be a massive factor in us staying up and I and I certainly believe we will and, and I'll ask the other guys about that in a sec um, Speroni if we went down he would be gone any of those players would be gone if we went down um, and, I, and I to be honest I feel Dan's probably be off um, I, you know I'm not 100% on that I'm, I think he's just he's just waiting for the right moment to, to make his decision I don't think he's made it necessarily but he will have had other offers and, and we will miss him um, before I move on has anyone else got anything on that you can say no it's not a problem I think I think you summed it up there really Chris I mean if we go down we are going to lose players like that and we've got to accept that having said that I think if we stay up there's such a feeling around the club right now that we're going to be up in the Premier League within a few years um, you know, I mean, it's been said before, Simon Jordan famously promised Premier League football uh, one season and that, that didn't materialise. But I think mm. the club is just in general moving in the right direction. And we can see that by the fact that some of these players have signed new deals. Yeah, I agree with that, John. Um, if anyone else has got any comments, quite otherwise, join us your email next. It's not enough. There's a, there's a few questions in there, so I don't know, you yeah. can ask them to us and we'll, we'll see what we can do for you. I certainly have got a few questions in there, and it's, for, it's, it's an absolute tome of information and questions here from Nick Gussett. He says, evening men, another fine show. Question one, yes, they are indeed listed. Uh, what do you think of the whole possible QPR points deduction situation? Is there one rule for Prem clubs, i.e. West Ham, oh. small fine, five million quid, and one for lower league teams, uh, with Luton getting a massive points deduction? Um, where do QPR fit into this? Um, I'm going to go through mm. all the questions first, and we'll come back to them okay, at the end. Yep. Um, question two, does Lewis Price deserve to be player of the season so far as shown in the player ratings on the whole front page? Question three, if and when we move to Crystal Palace Park, what should the Homesdale be renamed? Which is a, that's an interesting question. And also an idea, can you not have a place to leave phone messages? You can, you can play the best two or three messages on the show. Keep up the God work. <laughs> Thank you. Ah, and that's from Nick Gussett. <laughs> well, that question um, about whether we can have messages, I'll let Mikey ans- answer in chat and we'll tell you in a bit. Um, I'll take question two out of that, but I think Albert's going to take the first question for you, John. It's like, it's like blind date, isn't it? Um, it is. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh, I've got to say, you know, I think when when Warnock and Sheffield United went down, you know, during the whole West Ham saga, I've got to say, I, f- I felt for them and I thought West Ham managed to wriggle out you know, of a, of a sticky situation, um, you know, and Warnock was obviously quite vocal about that for a good. I think he still talks about it now, doesn't he? Um, although he's he seemed to go a bit quiet when QPR was sort of ousted and the, all the charges came out. Yeah. And like I say, as, as much as I felt for Sheffield United and, and Warnock at the time, I've got to say there's something quite poetic the fact that now Warnock is at a club that could be facing a similar sort of circumstances that he was shouting quite loud for for all that yeah. time I think it's a very interesting situation hmm okay um, well moving on from that for question two uh, the reason I'm going to answer that because it's obviously a bit of a, a, a joke from Nick there about Lewis Price topping the player ratings on the Homestead front page it's just a uh, you know, still there because of the fact he's played the one game. But, um, but talking of player ratings and player of the season and stuff like that, uh, hopefully in the very near future we'll be taking the Homesdale Awards that are usually run at the every uh, every end of every season, and we'll be doing an award show on live on Homesdale Radio. Um, see, Slovenia Dave usually arranges that, and he'll be doing the same thing this year. So you'll be able to get your categories in uh, for both both Palace players and whole 
Hull users will have their own uh, award ceremony on Hull Radio. And I'll ha- hand over to Aaron for question three. Yeah, question three. It's quite interesting, actually. When we... Well, we're bound to move to Crystal Palace Park now, I do believe. Um, whether the hole should be renamed... To be honest, I don't really see it should be renamed at all, because, you know, it's just the Holmesdale. It is arguably one of the best stands in terms of atmosphere. And I do yeah. think that it, it should keep its name, otherwise, you know, it's just kind of not the same. And, you know, we've got all the songs and... You know, yeah. the show, for example, everything has to be changed. But just give the stand Holmesdale and name the others what you want, to be honest. Yeah, so the website stays as Holmesdale, the radio show stays as Holmesdale, and we have a new stand called the Holmesdale. We'll have to probably rename a road in Crystal Palace Holmesdale as well. We can sort it. Aaron, I'll leave it up to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> OK, um, I think the next communication was on Twitter, and that's down the end there for Matt. Uh, Albert, sorry, I've called you Matt. It's your real name. Shh, No, uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not really a, a question, it's a statement. Um, it is, yeah. Booing Derry was senseless on Saturday. I don't know why the fans do that, and that's all it says, and that's from Saxon Eagle. So, any feelings on that? Personally, I, I will say that I, I don't agree with booing Derry. I do agree with booing some players um, on their return when they deserve it, and some managers, but... Just booing Sean Derry for the sake of the fact that he plays for QPR is stupid. I don't think we should be standing up and applauding him before or during a game. But, you know, show him, show him a little bit of respect, especially when he talks so well of us, I think. But, but there we are, these things happen. Um, yeah, it's true. Okay. With, yeah. with Sean, you know, he, kept, he helped us stay up last season. And the times I've seen him on the, you know, Sky Sports when he's presenting for the Palace game, he's quite, you know, passionate about how it was. And I think... If he offered him the chance to come back, he probably would. Yeah. So don't do him. End of. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to actually see him. Uh, once. He'll, I don't see. I don't see him in the Premier League. So. Um, I was going to say he probably won't get the chance to. Uh, you know, he'll get. Sorry, he'll get the chance to move on. Maybe in a yeah. few months. You're always yeah. welcome back. Now, um, I think. Well, obviously earlier on I mentioned a fact that uh, Albert was going to give us. I, I'm building tension. I'm going to continue to build tension. When, when we get that I've hyped it now. When we get that back. What will that back be? I mean, could be anything. Okay, now, I know Aaron normally comes out with a fact or a stat. It does, it does. Fact of the forthcoming game. Uh, so I thought I'd try and... Um, you know, try and match Aaron's amazing stats. So, uh, you know, relevant to the Derby game, I did a bit of research, you know, scrambled around, had a look at the message boards. And basically, it's about Robbie Savage. Um, it's come to light that uh, Robbie Savage isn't a natural blonde. What? However, he, he is a twat. <laughs> so, I mean, oh. shocking, shocking but true. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. I know. Uh, I was stunned. And you've you've researched this, have you? You've in detail. Deeply. Lots of Google imaging, and you can see if you look at his roots, well dark. And he's a twat as well. That's confirmed. Bloody hell! Who would have thought? I'm sorry. Sorry to leave that so long, everyone who's listening. I I can only apologise for that. But that's big, big news. Uh, And you heard it here first. Okay, I think we best. I think we best move on from that. And also, we were past the 9pm watershed to say the word twat. 
I've said it a few times now. I'm going to stop saying it, though. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's move on. I, I picked a hot topic earlier on. I asked for communication to come in from you guys. And obviously, you can still do that. You can still send us an email, radio at homesdale.net. You can send us a quick text on 81696. Start your message with TXT space Eagles. And also, you can still give us a call, 0208 123 1646, or comments on Twitter, including at Whole Radio. But the subject was about, essentially about attendances. Um, there's quite a long thread on, on Homestale, and there was also a thread on the BBS called 10,000 Empty Seats. And it's all about, basically, why people aren't coming to games and what we can do to fill the seats. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the opening post, which was by the user Ed the Eagle 8 and... Um, and we'll kind of take it from there. Now, he says, what is going on, basically? Awful turnout last night, and that last night was the Cardiff game, which I think was under under 14,000 fans. He says, any of you fans not coming should be ashamed, especially in such an important home game. The core 10 to 11,000 fans we have are fantastic, passionate, supportive, and loud. 11 games unbeaten at home now, we've seen a steady decline in attendances over that period of time. I know a lot of people were watching Barca versus Arsenal last night, but come on. Palace are in a relegation scrap and need all the support we can get. For all those fans on here moaning at signing, signing Augustian and other low-profile players, what should the owners put? Why, I think you mean, why should the owners put their hand in their pockets when fans are simply refusing to by not turning up? Perhaps if more people turned up, we'd have more money to invest in the playing squad. Now that. There's a sentiment there that I understand, and, I, and he did get quite a lot of stick for this. And, and I'll be honest, we've seen this thread probably, you know, 10 to 15 times a season, uh, ever since I've used that home But I think there's a point in there, and I did want to bring it up uh, partly because of my role in the, uh, the ticketing forum with the club as well. And the first thing is I want to support a point that he is making. What he's actually doing is he's being enthusiastic and saying, come on, get to games but he's doing it in a way that condescends people. And and basically what happens is people who can't go to games, who, who can't physically make the effort or don't have the money, for a variety of reasons, start to get upset and start to feel they're being picked on. Um, I know our producer took me to task, in fact, on that very, very subject, on that very, very thread. And it, it's, it's very difficult to, um, to really come up with anything that, that doesn't, Perhaps I alienate one one person on that subject. Obviously, we've got we've got three three other presenters here, all who, all who attend in a variety of ways. Um, I'll probably start with you, John, and pick on you because I like to do that. Um, yeah, you attend home games as in your role on as Palace Radio, and you do go to away games. What what would you say is that that prevents you from going to say more away games? And if you weren't on Homesdale Radio, uh, sorry on on Palace Radio, um, would you still go to the same number of home games, do you think? Uh, yeah, to be honest, I'd, I'd still make the home games. I mean, I'm fortunate enough where, we, with my situation, I, I can't, I would be able to do that anyway. Um, in terms of the away games, to be honest, the, the money to go to away games, I've got full respect to people who, who I travel with to the away games I go to, because they go to literally every away game. And the, the, the quantity of money that they've Burn seeing Palace pick up one win away this season is phenomenal, but their support is unwavering. I mean, it, it really is brilliant. But I mean, the only thing I can really say on this is okay, some people can't get to the games, and we're low end of the championship, and you know, our attendance is, is what 
they are what they are, to be honest. Mm. And I'd, I just want to make sure that everyone there just gives it everything. I mean, I picked out one post here from the ever-present serial thriller, um, okay. who said, I've always said I'd rather have 12,000 singing their hearts out than 25,000 sitting in a tacit atmosphere. And yeah. the first part of that is definitely true. I just want to have anyone who can go, just give it everything. Just give it all mm. you've got. I mean, I'm frowned upon when I sit in the director's box or anywhere in the main stand for us to give it absolutely large. But, yeah. you know, it's, um, I, I wish everyone else did. I mean, we spoke earlier about the atmosphere versus Cardiff and sitting yeah. in the main stand. That it actually really got going at one point and it sounded phenomenal. Oh, and it it's something it, yeah. we, we haven't heard enough of that this season. You know, I know everyone supports in their own way, but, yep. you know, my way, I, I like to sort of have a, have a sing and, you know, and really enjoy myself. But as long as we're all enjoying the game, that's the main thing. Okay, mate. Yeah, Chris, I mean, I mean, you mentioned earlier this, this topic comes up, you know, a lot. You know, and it, it was a big thing when we were in administration, you know, this time last year. Um, and like you say, I mean, it's subjective. You know, p- people don't go for you know a number of reasons. And, you know, um, you know, a, a common reason is you know people can't afford it, or they've got yeah. you know they've got kids and they have to take you know four people, and it becomes four times as expensive. Um, you know, and like you said, it, it, it aggravates people on on the message board, and people start having to go back question. You know, having yeah. to go back being questioned on their support. But I think you know the people that the, the really casual supporters who are, who will only come when it's you know when things are good are the people that are probably don't spend a lot of time on the message board you know they're not that adamant a fan that they want to keep in touch and communicate yeah. with other supporters so the people that you know Ed the Eagles having a go at which he's you know you know, say he's got a point and he's he's in the right technically but the people that he's having a go at aren't reading what he's saying you know it's yeah, it's the I people think- that care about the club who, but who still can't afford to go and who look at the site and take it personally which again that, that's 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 fair enough um, so yeah, yeah that's what I th- you know, that's what I think really yeah I, I think I think you're right there there's a couple of things you um you said that sort of uh, sort of sparked things in my my brain um, I mean the first thing is I, I agree I mean it's something I remember uh, Simon Jordan coming out and talking about casual fans um, and getting the exact same reaction and he was saying, he basically said in his own way, I don't care about casual fans, all I care about is the season ticket holders. And of course, angered a significant percentage of the Palace support in doing so. But when you actually sort of read the detail of what he said, and it's the same with this, when you read the detail of what's being said, it's about people who make, who make a physical choice to say, I could go, you know, but I just don't want to. I don't want to support the club. And then in the same sentence almost... Will, will make demands of the club, and that's that is where I think there is there is a crossover. There are so many people who can't go, but there are some who can, who will only do so if the club's playing well, or we're playing Chelsea, or we're playing God knows who. And I think that's that is a problem. But then you said that's. I think well, I think perhaps the best way to approach that is to say they're also a, a group of people that the club have got to try and get back in. Um, that's the sort of thing that the the ticketing group has been set up for, and, and I'll, I'll be honest, I think we're struggling there. I think I think it's hard to say what, what else can we do. We've, there's been a st- you know discussion that if tickets were made free, you know, against unattractive opposition, we probably wouldn't still wouldn't fill the the, the stadium. And 
you know, we've got this wonderful Philip Sellers Day uh, versus Barnsley, and I know from from reading posts and from speaking to people, there are a whole load of people who are going to be going to that game who never would have gone. And that's, I mean, that to me is a, shows that the special offers are worth it. But we've got to show it to the club by by getting down the ground as well. So it's a hard hard subject to talk about. And uh, obviously, Aaron, I'm going to hand over to you because you've got your own view on this as well. Yes, you have a habit of talking over me, don't you, Chris? <laughs> I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just touch now. I'll, I'll be honest. You know, I don't tend to go up to many Palace games. You know, five games a season tops, and it is simply because money-wise, it is a bit tight. You know, if you don't have the money, that's all. Be fair, it's a bit expensive, and you know, if you can't get up there money-wise, it's a perfectly good excuse. But going yes. back, to what Simon Jordan said. That is a pure kind of business looking at it, you know, season ticket holders, they make the money, give us the money, and I'm fine with that. But, you know, casual fans, they support the club whenever they're doing well. you really got to get down there, support the club through thick and thin, just, you know, get gritty and be the 12th man, really, you know. I'll sit in the corner and advertise yeah. after time, and, you know, I'll sing my heart out, and I'll just get looked at by many families thinking, you should be sitting at the other end, sir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's a fair point you make, Aaron, and I think Mikey in, in chat as well, the producer, is just making the point about sometimes it's not the, the not even the ticket to the game, it's the travelling. Because you know, yeah. and I know this is this is very much the case. There's a lot of people who used to go who have actually moved further away uh, as well, and that's quite a common complaint. And um, you know, it's costing more and more. I mean, obviously, travel prices go up. You know, every seems to be every couple of months. There seems to be an extra quid on the. Uh, on the ticket, and uh, Mike has made the point about the fact that um, Charlton do the the bus. I mean, I don't want to talk to that talk about them too much, but what I will say is, Palace are looking at doing the exact same thing, and, and in yeah. various areas, if it's successful, they will help to pick pick fans up. So the the club are aware of of that as an issue, but I mean, if you think about it, there's just so many different aspects of this that uh, that the club's got to address, and it's it's such a tough issue. Well, I mean. My, I would I would sum it up by saying people need to be a little understanding of those who criticise. And yes, it is easy for, for uh, you know for, you know to conform to a stereotype. It's easy for a teenager with no responsibilities to criticise uh, you know a man with man and he's you know who's got a wife and kids uh, and all these and can no longer get to games. It's easy for him to criticise and not think about what it means to have responsibility. And there's there's a massive balancing act between it all. And um, listen, anyone else got anything to say on that, or I can, or we'll move on to the predictions for for the next week's games, next week's game. No, okay, fantastic. I hate Charlton. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Does anyone else want to profess their hatred for Charlton? I also hate yeah. Millwall, and I really hate Brighton. But I think that's Millwall, fair. Go on, QPR, and Brighton. Yes. All right. Good guys. Anyway, that's um, we'll go into the predictions from last week about uh, firstly the Cardiff game. I went for a one-nil defeat, so I was wrong. Aaron went for a two-one win, so with right result, uh, wrong scoreline. Yeah. Uh, you don't get any points for that, Aaron. Mate, so bad luck. Um, oh. And John went for a one-one draw, which is wrong on all accounts. Can I just point out I would have predicted one-nil Palace. Okay, so there you go. Albert would have predicted 1-0 Palace. Would you have also predicted it as a scrappy KG goal, would you? Ah, uh, yeah, a goal that was definitely not intent. Yeah, okay, goal brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the uh, the QPR game, I predicted 2-2. Two, two. 
Uh, I was close, but mm, no cigar. Uh, Aaron went for 1-1, and I think, John, was that a 1-0 win to Palace? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, I, I actually got my Cardiff and QPR uh, predictions mixed up, so... Um, yeah, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Can I just point out that I would have predicted 2-1 QPR? I think that makes you a joint leader, Albert. I mean, that's a good effort, mate. Um, Fantastic. Well done. Okay, well, next week's predictions for the Derby match. I'm going to go first. I think we'll win that 1-0. Albert, uh, you next? I'm, yeah, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say 3-1. 3-1. Uh, Ben's taken 2-1 Palace despite not being here. Damn you, Ben. Uh, John? <laughs> um... Well, I was going to go three one, so I think I'm just going to have to go for five nil. <laughs> um, Big yeah, one. five nil. It's good. And okay. Aaron, your last. I'm going to go two nil. Two nil. Okay, good stuff. That, that basically covers it for the show. So let's talk about what we got next week before we say our goodbyes. Uh, we're going to review the derby match, obviously. Look ahead to the, uh, to the following fixtures. We've got Ryan Innes joining us. He's an academy centre-back, uh, a recent under-16 international for England as well. So we'll have our, our usual chat with him. And we'll also visit what's been the uh, hot topics on the forums and hopefully get some more emails and calls from yourselves. Okay, I'll just give everyone a chance to say goodbye. So we'll say goodbye, Aaron. Goodbye, and if you have heard a dog at any point in the show, I will be shooting it after. <laughs> okay, Albert, let's say goodbye to you. I'm kind of scared of Aaron now, so yeah, I'm off, yeah, I'm off. You sounded like a robot again. Um, I just and, uh, love Doctor Who. <laughs> and John, say goodbye to you, John. Yep, cheerio everyone, and by the way, no dogs have been harmed in the making of this show <laughs> yet. Oh, they will. <laughs> And I did say John's wife's there for no reason. Brilliant. Anyway, thanks a lot, guys, and we'll catch up with you next week. Bye now. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.